in the meantime, um, what, uh, welcome everybody. Anybody visiting for the first time? I think I might see a couple new faces in here. Are there any new faces? Anywhere? Back there? Nowhere? Nowhere? Okay. No? Are you new? You're not? Okay, good. Is anybody new? All right. Um, hey, is there food? No, that's all right. Um, and hey, live from the lift closet. Who has been to live from the lift closet? Oh, come on, you other posers. Um, I mean, no, that's great. Good job. Would you please go to YouTube and type in live from the lift closet and uh, like the two videos on there and subscribe to the channel? Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. We're trying to launch this thing. It's hard to describe. It's hard to describe what it's going to be, but it is going to be an evangelical opportunity uh, for this church. Hey, could we flip on the shandies? Um, I th- yeah, yeah, thanks. I think that'll warm it up a little bit. It might be on the fi- it might be on the right wall there. Hey, Paul, I think it's on your right side. Yeah, yeah. Watch, it's about to get so much friendlier in here. No. All right. Ah, yeah, cool, nice. Um, Anyway, Live from the Lift Closet is going to develop into an evangelical opportunity, but we wanted to kind of soft launch it at Christmas time with a couple of Christmas songs. So go to YouTube, type in Live from the Lift Closet. There's no mistaking it. It'll come right to the top. And uh, please watch the videos and uh, like them and subscribe to it. We really appreciate that. We're trying to really get some oomph, especially this is the last week that we can do it because like before Christmas, no one wants to hear Christmas songs after Christmas. Um, And then what else? Oh, yeah. I I failed to show you some fun stuff from our Christmas party last uh, week. So let me show you a couple things. Uh, This is, uh, oh, yeah, that's live from the lift closet. It looks pretty legit. Um, here's Here's the Milligan's Pantry. And, you know, I did not know, by the way, you know, a lot of people helped on this, this wall back here, this wood wall. Doesn't that look pretty? You know, the, the quote we got on that wall for the, the, uh, the antique barn wood and all that stuff uh, was eight grand. And uh, Clint Scholes was going, uh, I think for $550, we can get some wood and do it ourselves. So for $550, we, we did that wall. But we used um, uh, Chet and Linda. Where are they? Is Chet and Linda here today? There they are. And a whole bunch of other people. Uh, Harana was in here, and uh, um, uh, Carol was in here, and, and a, a bunch of people. But uh, Jody Milligan was here too, right? And she was, uh, man, the, you know, by the end of the day, we had, to, like, we had to get the heck out of here. And we were just, just mowing and going. It was unbelievable. But anyway, th- that's why you're so handy. Because the Milligans have, like, trimmed out their whole house, and they're just real handy. It's just really annoying and, and fascinating at the same time. Admirable. But anyway, they were told that there was going to be no uh, good uh, pantry space. And uh, so Carrie scoped this out. Pretty kitchen. Look how that's from our party. There's art. Is that not a pantry? It's underneath the spiral staircase. I know. <coughs> I know it. Uh, what else? Oh, you, saw, you accidentally saw this in the middle of my message yesterday, last week. That is... Oh, did you just walk in? Oh, there you are. I'm telling you, dude. <coughs> that's pretty frightening. Uh, and then, what else? Oh, yeah. Huh? And then, you know, the tradition... We've, we've had this one gift that's floated around year after year after year after year, and it's that cheetah suit. 
And if you, if you get that cheetah suit, you have to, one, put it on. And number two, you have to come back a year later, and you can't get angry at the church or Dr. Young or me. Uh, and so and it, that's, it, we've, never, we've never lost on that yet. And so anyway, there's Charlie trying that thing on. Uh, and then it got stolen. And that was the wildest thing. Are the, are the Baron finds here? No, they're less stable than the Lockhart's. But anyway... <laughs> Anyway, that was a pretty cool thing. Uh, so let's go, to our, uh, let's go to our thing today, which is a few thoughts on heaven. Does everybody know R.C. Sproul died? Um, uh, Dr. Young prayed that in the pastoral prayer just a minute ago. And uh, R.C. Sproul has been a mentor, certainly to him, uh, but, but to, uh, to a lot of us. And, um, you know, every generation or two, God seems to raise up some prominent voice, and uh, you know, there are voices that you may or may not have even heard of. Uh, J.I. Packer, you've probably heard of. John Stott, have you heard of John Stott? How about F.F. Bruce? Some of you have heard of F.F. Bruce. Most of you probably have not heard of F.F. Bruce, but there have been just layers upon layers. Um, a, a new century will come, and two or three people will be raised up by God in a, in a profound way. Of, of great intellect and the ability to communicate, and R.C. Sproul was certainly one of those. So anyway, I've been thinking about that a lot, and as I was laying there in the bed, uh, wondering what the heck I could do, uh, Tammy was trying to get me to call somebody and uh, to sub, and she was saying, your class will understand, and I was saying, no, they won't understand. Um, so uh, anyway, I thought this would be a kind of a cool thing to just look at a few uh, reflections on heaven, but I'm going to start by reading... We're not going to um, explore this passage much, but if you'd like to turn to Revelation 21, um, Revelation 21, uh, we'll look at uh, just five verses here, and then I just have a few, um, a few thoughts for you. This is God's word. Then I saw a new heaven. And a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And let's pray one more time. Father, May the truth be spoken and received here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, um, I have uh, done a handful of uh, funerals over the years, and um, there's one in particular that, that stands out. Um, I'm trying to find out if the person who invited me to that funeral is here. I don't think he is. Um, it was out in the middle of Arkansas somewhere. And uh, I, I've been to the, the back hallways of a lot of funeral homes, and uh, they're, they're not as polished as the outside of the funeral homes. Usually there's like two or three coffins in a row waiting for the next thing. 
Uh, and sometimes, I remember one, there was, a, there was a, uh, a, a coffin, there was a Chinese man in there, and there was a head on top of the coffin with his wig. And they didn't put the wig on until they, they put him out there. And uh, there's just all kinds of strange things you see back there. But this particular funeral home was pretty gnarly. Uh, the drinking fountain was gross, and the ceiling tiles were gross, and everything was gross, and everything was dingy, and it was horrible. And uh, I was told in advance there was not one single Christian in the whole room except me and the guy who invited me. And uh, I remember I got, <laughs> got up to the lectern, and the lectern's here, and there were plants that came out to about here. And it was like, hello, everybody. I mean, they just like encroached on the, the situation. And, um, and uh, I was also told that they were, they were, the, it was a room full of barflies. And I said, well, hey, um, <clears throat> I said, uh, anybody been to Memphis and uh, seen the Deltones about 20 years ago? And like the whole room raised their hand. <laughs> and that was my in. Uh, and, but, and so I, so I kind of had a little connection with them and it warmed things up. And I said, well, I, I said, I could tell you a whole bunch of silly things or I could tell you some true things. And I think you probably want me to tell you some true things. And uh, we kind of had a little warm connection and uh, I preached the gospel to this room of non-Christians and who knows what the Lord did with it. But uh, my point in all that to say is this, there's a lot of folly floating around um, the topic of heaven. Um, what we will be like, we do not know. We know we'll be like Christ. But what it's going to be like, we don't know. The Bible uh, leaves plenty of mystery about the afterlife. And um, it, it's, uh, I think, normal for human beings to kind of clamor for information and maybe secret information and maybe somebody discovers a thing and we go, oh, that's what it's going to be like. Oh, but, but what we can do is just rest in the knowledge that it's going to be okay. We can rest in the knowledge that, uh, that uh, Christ is there. We can rest in the knowledge that we'll be resurrected, we'll be like him, that we'll be in the presence of the living God, and that we'll be happy. Um, that's about all we need. Um, so let me, let me debunk a few things that are commonly thought of, um, in times of in times of sorrow and tragedy. Um, a lot of times people will resort to Things like this, um, and this is a hard thing to say, uh, but people will go, your, your, your grandma is right here with you. Well, that's not true. That's not true. Um, how do I know that that's not true? Same way that you know that that's not true. Um, God has attributes. He is love. Can we love? Yes. Uh, God is good. Can we do good? Yes. Um, God is faithful. Can I be faithful to my wife? Yes. Those are communicable attributes. You know, I got sick. I probably caught it from somebody. That's communicable. I probably have given it to somebody. That's communicable. Those are communicable diseases. He has communicable attributes. Those are communicable. You know what's not communicable? Having all the power. Not communicable. Um, being everywhere present, not communicable. Um, knowing all things, not communicable. Those are incommunicable attributes. And so um, when someone has gone before us into heaven, it is not healthy for our souls to comfort ourselves with, with the idea that that person is floating around here. They're not floating around here. They're not everywhere present. Um, they don't know all the things that are going on in our lives. They're not looking down on us. Uh, in that way. 
Now, is there some sense in which they know what's going on? I don't know. But I know that we can never infringe on um, God's incommunicable attributes. Here's another one. Um, When you get to heaven, all of your questions will be answered. You show me where that says that in the Bible. Now, we'll have access to God. I bet he will be more than happy to share with us anything we'd like to know. But there's no guarantee that when we get into heaven, all of a sudden we go, boom, we know all things. You know, you have a fight with your wife and you say, yeah, when we get to heaven, you're going to be exploding with the knowledge of how right I am in this situation. Um, that is not promised in the scriptures. That's, that's folly. That's folly. Um, God is under no obligation uh, to share those kinds of things w- with us. Um, how about this? Um, there are plenty of books and encounters and things on the internet and so on of, of someone who has died on the table and uh, they have some experience and they come, they pop out and they write a book and I'm telling you, Christians just drool, drool over it, drool over it. We shouldn't drool over it. Um, I'm not saying that that can't be a reality. Um, I, I had heard that, uh, I think it was not Adrian Rogers, but the guy before him uh, said something like, I hear singing. Well, he might have been hallucinating. We don't know. But he might have heard singing. I don't know. But, but what I'm saying to you is don't, don't trust manufactured uh, things that happen to come up in, in, in humanity. Rather, rest in the scriptures that it's going to be okay in Jesus Christ, that your loved one who has gone before you is happy, that your loved one who has gone before you is okay, that your loved one who has gone before you doesn't have any mourning or crying or pain, every tear has been wiped away, rest in those things, not in some alleged encounter. I mean, it could, be a, it could be a feeling. It could be a passing thing. Scriptures are enough. Um, earthly data will not provide you comfort, but God will. Here's another thought. Um, people think, I don't know why we think this. I mean, I sort of kind of did at one point, but people think, uh, that you you uh, you go to heaven and uh, you're you're given some giant dose of Valium and you're just brrr, up there in the swill, you know, just oh I'm in heaven and I oh, oh. it's not that at all, friends. Um, your life after this life is a continuation of your life. Are you you? Do you have a personality? Do you have gifts? Do you think a certain way? Do you laugh a certain way? That You're going to still be you. You understand? You'll be the fullest expression of yourself without sin in heaven if you have Christ as your Savior. Is that not a comforting thought? Why resort to silly little things like, like floating around like a fairy or the stars or holes in the uh, sky of heaven, uh, the, the floor of heaven? That's ridiculous. The stars are, you know, balls of gas. Um, they're, they're not holes in the floor of heaven. Why resort to those things? Um, why think that, um, why think that we'll, we'll lose a sense of ourselves? We won't. We won't. Uh, God has come to redeem us individually. Um, how about this? Um, this kind of ties to that one. I think people think that we'll forget who we are and that we'll forget our memories and that we'll forget our life on earth. That's not true. That's not true. 
Uh, you know how I know that's not true? That we'll forget our memories and forget our life on earth, forget our sin, forget what God did? Why, you know why that's not true? Why can't it be true? Somebody tell me. It can't be true. Why can't it be true? What would we be praising God for? <laughs> I mean, we, if we didn't remember that we were redeemed, if we didn't remember that we were shunned from God in his presence, that the Savior came to win us, then what would we ever praise God for? Would we forget that Christ died on the cross for our sins? No. We will remember our lives. We will remember this class right now. All the investments that people have made in your lives, all the the quiet moments when you've been alone, you've been weeping with somebody, um, when somebody has mentored you, those things are not for naught. Um, th- those are memories. Those are, that's part of God's redemptive work in your life. You will celebrate those things. You will celebrate God's redeeming work through people in your life. You'll do that for all eternity. Um, does that make sense? I mean, it's, it's ridiculous to think not. Um, how about this? Um, the minute you get to heaven, you're going to feel ashamed for how little you love Jesus. You know what that makes heaven? A crummy experience. Because I'm already ashamed of how little I love Jesus. Boy, just wait till I'm sinless. Then I'm going to be, oh, man. I thought this was going to be a good place, but gosh, it's horrible. It's not what this says. Not what the Bible passage I just read you says. Um, you're not going to feel ashamed you love Jesus so little. Now, I'll tell you this. I'll, 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 give, you a, I'll give you an answer to that with this next one. People think that your gross, disgusting life and sins are going to be played on a big IMAX screen. Uh, have you heard that one before? Um, Dr. Young has, you know, we've talked about this in staff meeting, and um, Dr., that surprises Dr. Young. And I'm like, no, I'm telling you, like 90% of the congregation thinks that. He's like, really? I never even thought, I'm telling you, no, it was really, seriously. We, most people think that when you go to heaven, it's like, okay, sit back, here's Jim's life. Oh, Gross. Why did we ever listen to that? You know, here's, here's, the, here's the beauty of all this, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this idea that you'll feel so ashamed you love Jesus so little. Um, this idea that uh, your sins are going to be played on a movie screen and so on. It's this, friends. Um, five bleeding wounds he bears, received on Calvary. Sung that a million times, haven't you? They pour effectual prayers. They strongly plead for me. What do those prayers say? What do those wounds say? Forgive him, oh, forgive, they cry. Forgive him, oh, forgive, they cry. Nor let that ransom sinner die. So maybe it could be said that when you get to heaven, you're ashamed that you love Jesus so little, but no, forgive him. Maybe you could say, oh, well, I'm just so ashamed of all my sins, but no, covered, 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 forgiven, done with. Uh, Yes, a gross offense to God. Yes, it would be hard. I mean, can you imagine uh, (laughs) going to heaven and watching all your X-rated movies? I mean, gross. That's not what it's all about, friends. Uh, The blood of Christ has covered us. A Savior died personally for you and uh, paid your sin debt in every respect. It's not going to be shown on a big movie screen. Um, All right, here's another thing to debunk. Uh, And this is kind of a throwaway line that people use, which I just hate. I hate every time I hear somebody say this, I hate it. 
Uh, and, it's, and it's said with the best intention, but it's usually this. Um, well, when I get to heaven, I won't even be able to get close to Jesus, let alone Adrian Rogers. You know, Adrian's going to be way up. R.C. Sproul's going to be way up there. I'm going to be way back here. That's ridiculous. We have a personal Savior, a personal God. Uh, if God can hear our prayers, if we all pray individually right now, God can hear and respond to all of our prayers. Don't you think he is available for us in, the, in glory? Indeed. And so to say that we'll, there, there, will, there will be categorized and, and separated from God and, and that there's going to be a, a caste system up there is, uh, is ridiculous. Here's another thing. Um, heaven is a tourist destination. This has to do with evangelism. Um, I don't like it when people uh, kind of hang um, heaven out there um, as, a, as, as a feature and benefit. You know, they're trying to, they're trying to sell heaven, and they say, hey, don't you want to go here? Because this place is icky. Wouldn't you rather go to this place? Uh, it's not a tourist destination, friends. It is, hey, you know, if you've, um, if you've been on Live from the Lift Closet, and you've heard comfort my people, and you come down to the last line of comfort my people, he will lay down his life for his bride, this baby. By the way, I don't know why there's a manger here. It just appeared. But, um, but think about that. Uh, I can sing you the lyrics. See just a baby lying there sleeping whose glory uh, he set aside. Um, and then it goes on to say, uh, oh, yeah, he will pour out his blood for the sinner. He will lay down his life for his bride. That, that's what's going down, friends. Um, Christ receives his bride. Um, all right, another thing to debunk here. It'll be boring. Heaven will not be boring. You're not going to get to heaven, and uh, they, they hand you a choir robe, and you got to put on this choir robe and go to rehearsal and sing terrible songs written by mediocre musicians. It's not, that's not going to be it. Um, it is going to be joyful. You're going to sing because you want to sing. Um, there will be a new heaven and earth. If you think that this heaven is a beautiful place, this earth is a beautiful place with beautiful flowers and beautiful things, beautiful canyons and beautiful rivers, full of wonder, full of God's intricacies, well, what do you think that's going to be like when it's renewed, when sin has been removed? Will that not be joyful? What about this? You know, I think about eternity a lot, and I'm, I'm kind of just riffing a little bit, okay? But think about, I mean, eternity blows your mind. You know what I mean? You think about eternity for more than 20 seconds, and you're, you, know, you just don't know what to do with it anymore. Isn't, am I right? But isn't it, wouldn't it be wonderful to say, um, you know, partings are no more in, in heaven. Uh, Sam, hey, buddy, always wanted to go to China see what they got over there. Um, so I'm going to head to China. Uh, it's probably going to take me about, I don't know, a thousand years. I don't know how long it's going to take me, but uh, I'm going to go to China, and I'm going to run into some people on the way, and, but I'm not going to miss you. You know what I'm not going to miss you? Got all eternity. I'm going to be back. I'll see you again. We have all eternity to be everywhere. You ever wanted to master a skill? We have all eternity to master a skill. Now, what will we be like? I don't know, but we'll be like Christ. We'll have resurrected bodies. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be physical. We'll be resurrected. 
it won't all just be spirit, but we'll be resurrected in our bodies. That's the importance of the resurrection, y'all. Christ's body rose from the dead. He was dead. He became alive so that we might become alive. It's not all just floating around on Valium. We will have resurrected bodies. We will be living in eternity still as creatures of time. It's amazing. Uh, All right, last couple things here. Um, You hear me say this all the time, that we live within the tension of the already and the not yet. Um, Christ has come. He will come again. We live within the tension of the already and the not yet. All right, well, that tension exists elsewhere. That tension exists in heaven. Um, Listen to this. This is um, Romans 8.22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we eagerly, as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. Now, let me read that again, because there's a, there's a thing that trips Christians up. Um, we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we eagerly wait for adoption as sons. Now, don't freak out there, because there's more to the sen- end of the sentence. We go, oh, wait a minute, adoption? Aren't we already adopted? Aren't we already children? Aren't we already brothers and sisters? Aren't we already uh, uh, sons and daughters of God? Yes. But what this goes on, to, it's, it's speaking to the bigger, it's speaking to the final thing. Adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. We groan. All of creation groans. And we as Christians groan for that great day when the tension between the already and the not yet is over. When Christ comes again, fine, all things are set right. And then the groaning ceases. Now, um, I preached Mary Catherine Callicott's funeral. And uh, we have laughed about this. In fact, I was sitting next to Tammy laughing and laughing and laughing. Ten days before Les Newsom came to preach, I preached Mary Catherine Callicott's funeral. And I don't know if, was anybody there? Nobody. Okay, awesome. Um, oh, yeah, hey. Well, I said something to the family down here. And I addressed them personally. It was the last thing I said. I said, I want you to know that Mary Catherine Callicott, you know, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But you know what um, uh, most translations say? To be absent from the body is to be home. Is that not a thing? She's home. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying family, she's home. She's home. She's home. And here's what I said. She doesn't even miss you. And that's a comfort, friends. Um, Why would I say that? Oh, I don't know. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall be their mourning, crying, pain. The former things have passed away. Um, Well, 10 days later, Les Newsom preached up here. And listen, I love Les Newsom. I adore Les Newsom. Um, 
you know, we have said many times, Les, come lead us. Les, be my boss. You know, Les, you know, come on board. You know, uh, we, we all love Les Newsom. Uh, I could yield to him in a second. Um, but he, he preached from the pulpit. He said, he said, well, I heard someone say at a funeral recently that, uh, that uh, the deceased didn't even miss him. And now let's dispense with that silliness. And he went on to uh, talk about that. And I mean, I was laughing so hard next to Tammy. It wasn't that I was, ooh, my, you know, lack of understanding has been exposed. Ooh. I just thought, man, it is just so funny that I would, I've never preached that at a funeral before, but I did it on that one. And 10 days later, they got the guy up there kind of debunking it. And uh, I just thought it was just a hilarious thing on the part of God. Um, I know what Les was saying. He was saying um, that we groan, that all of creation is groaning, and that even in heaven, we're groaning for that final day when the tension between the already and the not yet is over. I know what he's saying. I agree with that, that all of creation is groaning. And, you know, even R.C. Sproul, oh, where was that? Hang on. I printed up something from him. Hold on. Yeah. R.C. Sproul said this, um, you can grieve for me, <clears throat> you can grieve for me the week before I die if I'm scared and hurting, but when I gasp that last fleeting breath and my immortal soul flees to heaven, I'm going to be jumping over fire hydrants down the golden streets, and my biggest concern, if I have any, will be my wife back here grieving. Well, now, first of all, there are not fire hydrants. <laughs> so he's not, he's not crafting some theologically uh, precise statement here. Um, but when he talks about, I, I love how he's hedging. My biggest concern, if I have any, will be my wife back here grieving. Now, that would be my biggest thing too. It would be a very heavy grief. But what I'm saying to you is this, ladies and gentlemen, to, to be absent from this life and to be present with God is to be home. And it's good to be home. And, it's, and home in the presence of God is a happy place. Yes, all of creation is groaning. But don't think your loved ones are up there going, oh, I thought heaven was going to be happy. I thought to be present with God was going to be a, a, a wonderful thing. But I'm still as sad as I was down there. No, no. Friends, yes, we're all groaning for that great day. I, what that means up there, I don't know. But I can tell you this. It's a happy place, and it's a place where there aren't tears. And um, I think it can be safely said that a loved one who go goes before us isn't looking back going, oh, I just miss them so much. Now, they, they, they're longing for you to come. They're joyfully, if you're a redeemed person, they're joyfully wanting you to come. But um, I think we can rest in saying that, um, that uh, God has, God has uh, made it a... a an assuredly safe and happy place. All right, I have two R.C. Sproul stories, uh, and then we'll close. R.C. Sproul story number one, and I think I've told you this before, the, 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 uh, the bathroom story. Have I told you the bathroom story? You all know the story? All right, so Tammy and I, we've seen, we, we, in fact, on our 10-year anniversary, went, we went to a Ligonier conference in Florida and saw R.C. Sproul and John Piper and Douglas Wilson was there and a few other people um, so we've seen him over the years a number of times, but so we were in it. We were I can't remember where we were, Atlanta or somewhere. It was Atlanta. Okay, I think it was. Um, 
That's funny. Both my things were in Atlanta. I think it was. Um, so he's just about to get up to, to preach again, like at 10 in the morning on a Thursday or whatever. And, uh, and so it's just about to start, and I see him dart off into the men's room, R.C. Sproul. And uh, so I, I run in there. <laughs> and uh, he's the only one in the bathroom. It's just me and R.C. Sproul. And uh, R.C. Sproul is uh, at the uh, wall commode, because Tammy won't let me say the, the U word. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> and so he's at the wall commode, and he's standing there like this. And I walk up behind him, and I mean, literally, he's, he's right there, and I walk up behind him about, about this far from him. I go, Dr. Sproul. And, and I see his countenance fall. He just goes, yes. <laughs> and I said, I said... I said, see if you can recognize this laugh. He goes, go ahead. I go, and he goes, do that again. And so I did it again. And uh, we started talking about Jimmy Young. And uh, so he goes and gets his wife. He goes, hang on, before I get up to the pulpit, I got to get my wife, Vesta. And so Tammy and Vesta and R.C. Sproul and I had a nice conversation right before he jumped up. Isn't that kind of a funny story? All right. <laughs> here's, here's the more profound of the two. Again in Atlanta, years ago, I remember B.J. Odie, and I remember B.J.? B.J. and I went to an expository preaching conference in Atlanta and it was truly one of, the, one of the top two best things I ever did uh, in ministry. Um, R.C. Sproul was there. Eric Alexander was there. Sinclair Ferguson was there. Michael Horton was there. I mean, just a, a slew of awesome people. Anybody remember Harry Reader who did a thing here a few years ago? Harry Reader was there. And if you liked Harry Reader, let me just tell you, he was by far the worst speaker on the whole thing. I'm telling you, he was, when Harry Reader got up, everybody was like, ugh, this guy stinks. Everybody else was so great, he seemed terrible. Um, and so um, the other thing that was supposed to happen was uh, James Montgomery Boyce was supposed to be the keynote speaker on Friday night. And if you don't know who that was, he was the, he was the senior pastor of 10th Presbyterian Church in Philadelphia. And uh, I have literally 20 books of his on my shelves and he was just a wonderful brother. But anyway, he died of liver cancer, uh, cut off pretty early in life. I think he was like 57 or something like that. But um, anyway, he was supposed to be the speaker, but he died. And I mean like a day or two beforehand. And so, so we knew he was going to be at the thing because it, he had been sick for a while. But uh, anyway, we're singing. Just if you can picture 500 pastors um, and and all these all these. Uh, rocks in front of us, you know, Sinclair Ferguson and Eric Alexander and all these guys up there, uh, and uh, R.C. Sproul, they're up there singing. We're all singing A Mighty Fortress is Our God and just singing so heartily. Well, Michael Horton was James Montgomery Boyce's protege, and uh, so he was hurting the worst in the whole room because he had just, James Montgomery Boyce was everything to him. And um, R.C. Sproul was standing next to him. When they get to the line, the body they may kill, God's truth abideth still. 
His kingdom is forever. When they get to that line, R.C. Sproul turns to Michael Horton like this. Just sings it right into his ear at the top of his lungs. And uh, I will never forget that. Michael Horton was just weeping, weeping, weeping. And R.C. Sproul, you know, turns away from the crowd, turns to Michael Horton and sings that. The body they may kill. Oh, yeah. Sin. Yep. It's got, it's got mortal consequences. But God's truth abideth still, and his kingdom is forever. And I think that's a pretty cool way um, to think about the passing of R.C. Sproul or any saint that you know and love who is now with Christ in glory. Let's have a word. Father, um, thank you for uh, grand and glorious promises. Um, and, and thank you, Lord, for mystery that uh, yet surrounds heaven. We don't need to know exactly what's going to happen. Um, we need to trust you. We don't know exactly how the world was made. We don't know exactly how the transaction of salvation takes place in our hearts. We don't know exactly uh, what we will be like, but we will know we will be like Jesus, and that is enough. Uh, Lord, let the scriptures be our guide. Let the Holy Spirit apply the truth of the scriptures to our hearts, and uh, might we take rest and comfort in knowing that um, though sin is mortal, um, Christ has conquered death, and we pray these things in his name, amen. Hey, by the way, if you want, I've searched for them. I think I loaned them to somebody. I have, back when I did this a while ago, I read four books on this, on heaven. If you want to read one good book on heaven, you could pretty much ditch all the other ones. Um, you want to read one good book on heaven. It's called Life Everlasting by uh, Robert Peterson and Dan Barber. Uh, Life Everlasting, the untold story of heaven. If you want something theologically sane, that's the book. Uh, pitch everything else. Life Everlasting. You can find it on Amazon or, or text me. I'll, I can set you up. Thanks, everybody.